Hey, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans. I'm glad you're here with us today. Uh, Sky and I just got back from our first clinic of 2021, and uh, I was thinking it might be kind of fun if I jump on here after the clinics and give you guys a little bit of a debrief. And Because uh, I know a lot of you listeners have not been to a clinic before, and, and a lot of you that have been to a clinic, you know, it's important to know that every single clinic is so different. Uh, you might think you're getting into the same thing every time, and it, it is not the same thing. Um, you know, we've been doing these clinics now. This is our ninth year. It'll be nine years in May we've been doing clinics, and I have yet to have one that's the same. So let's do a little debrief here. Um, you know, going down to Florida is always kind of a treat, especially in January, because we leave here in Utah, and it's it's bitter cold here in Utah, and we're excited for some sunshine and, and nice weather. And uh, we left Utah about 2 o'clock in the morning, and by the time we get to the airport, fly to Texas, do a layover, and fly to Florida, and get in the rental car, and, and drive another hour to the to Fort Pierce, the clinic location. You know, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon by the time we get there. And our host down there, Julia Blackmore, is just incredible. I mean, I just love this lady. She is so thoughtful. And, you know, all of our clinic hosts are different. And, and some are more thoughtful than others. And Julia is very thoughtful. She really cares about people and she wants to make it a good experience. And she really tries and I appreciate her, and it was so welcoming. Um, this is my first time to this facility here in Fort Pierce. Um, I'd been to Florida. You know, we've been going to Florida since 2016, and we usually go to Brooksville, Florida. That's where we've been doing our clinics before. But uh, Julia put this one on, and, and we thought we'd try southern Florida. And so as we're pulling in closer to the fairgrounds, we noticed a very welcome sight, and Julia had, had taken the time and money to to buy Ty Evans Clinic signs with arrows pointing the way. And after such a long day of travel, and I'm sure the participants felt the same way because there's always a little anxiety. You, you know, you're not alone in feeling a little anxiety as you pull up to these events, these clinics, and and you you wonder where you're supposed to camp, and you wonder where you're supposed to park, and Where's your stall or your corral for your mule, your horse, and and what what's going on? And so seeing those signs pointing the way, even me as the clinician, it is very welcoming. And so that set that set the tone off really good. I was excited. Uh, you know, as I'm getting there, uh, I get excited for these clinics. I'm getting pumped. I'm excited. This is uh, first clinic after a long winter off. You know, I hadn't been to a clinic, hadn't done a clinic since October last year, and so I'm excited. And I get even more excited as we pull in there and we see the beautiful facility, beautiful covered arena, and it's big, and I love a big arena. Um, I like plenty of room to work, and I don't like the participants to be crowded, you know, and and this was also a small group. You know, we had, I think we ended up having five in the groundwork class, if I remember, and we had, we had uh, uh, nine in the writing class. So it was a smaller class, but it's still nice to have plenty of room to work. 
and that was just fantastic. So we get there, and of course, Julia meets us and says hello, and we're excited to see her and, and everything, and and uh, we we meet a few of the participants that are there early. A lot of them drove in the next day, but Julia organized a, a meet and greet. And again, I'm talking this lady up because she's pretty darn cool. She goes down to Cracker Barrel, and she buys so much food. And we have a big meet and greet and eat good Cracker Barrel food. Uh, Cracker Barrel food, it was awesome. And um, you know, I love when I love when the hosts put on the meet and greets because, you know, like I said, participants get there and and, and they're a little tense. I I can tell they're a little anxious, and a lot of them don't know me. And so just to sit there and visit and let them know who I am, you know, I, I, try, to, I try to be kind and, and caring, and, and I, I really want people to succeed. I like success. I want you to be better. I want you to be better each day, and I want to help you be better. And um, So it was fun to get to know people at the meet and greet, and I wish everybody could have came there because I would have loved to meet them all. But it was fun. So day one gets going, and and I guess every clinic has a little bit of a highlight to it of of somebody needs help. And you know, I read a book by David Bednar talking about the one. And you know, so after reading that book, and, and I'm not going to go into that book on this podcast. You can look it up if you want, but fantastic book, highly recommend it. But the one there's always somebody that needs needs something specific and so at every clinic i think about okay who's who's the one when i leave here when i leave florida who is going to be the one that i felt like i maybe made a difference and helped them and they're leaving here better and sometimes i don't know and i'm not sure um, but i'm always looking out for that one but it's also a different way of thinking. I want to help everybody there. And I tell the participants at the very beginning of the clinic that I am sincerely here to help you. I'm there for the participant. I'm there for them. I'm not there I'm not there to 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 toot my own horn or show what I know. I'm there to help. And uh, I really try to focus on that. This clinic there are some they're all great participants, you know. Um, but one of the biggest problems that was presented at this clinic was uh, a mule that had a tendency to want to bolt and and pull pull the lead rope out of the owner's hand and uh, just kind of take off. And I see this on occasion. Um, you know, it's definitely a flight response among horses and mules, so it's there. Uh, I see it, and it's a challenging one to fix. So every morning I, I help this, this friend lead her mule to the arena, and then every evening I helped her lead it back. And we do that every day, and you know, these mules that want to bolt, and I guess this is a good time to talk about this, is they, at some point, at some point, they felt enough pressure that they felt the need to leave. They felt that it was better for them to flee the scene and get away from, from whoever was leading them. So 
that's a tough one. And once it's done, it's done. Nothing you can do about it except for move forward at that point. But you know, as you're working these mules, really, and the horses, really try to make it easy to be with you. Make it easy to be with you. Are, are you an easy person to be with? That's something I'm asking myself all the time. And sometimes the answer is no. And i got to fix myself. But would I want to hang out with me? <laughs> That's the question you need to ask. Would, would you want to hang out with you? Would you work for you? Would you um, try to please and help you? So, so at some point in this meal's life, it had been going through the work or whatever, whatever the situation. I don't know the situation the first time it happened. It could, it could be anything, guys. It's, but long story short, the mule obviously at some point in its life felt that it was better to flee the scene than to stay with the human. Okay, so how do you fix this now? Well, that first time that it felt the need to flee the scene, what happened is the mule gets away right and it's running off or trotting off or whatever it bolts away that mule gets a big hit of dopamine out there and it feels way better out there away from you than it does with you it got a release that's how the brain works and so you basically just manufactured some wiring in their brain and you you built a new connection saying hey you know what when pressure gets too hard I just leave because life's better out there and unknowingly you teach this like I said you did it though it's done we gotta move forward how can we fix it now well like I was telling this participant here every day when they get to where they kinda know that they can bolt away like that it's a hard fix, but how you fix it is by making new connections in their mind. You ask small questions and give big rewards. Small questions, big rewards. And you keep it simple. You ask questions that you know that they can say yes to. You ask yes questions and you build and build and build and you stretch and stretch and stretch until you can get a little bit better. There's basic, you know, all the basic checklist that we teach is, is, is what I recommend for tuning this up in small bites. You teach it in small bites, reward big, quality leading. These are all things we work on in the clinic, but you got to make good connections again. And this was one of the biggest things that we worked on with this participant, and she did really good. You know what? And <clears throat> I can't remember um, her age. But, geez, she worked, she worked so good. And I appreciate that work ethic because a lot of people, they come and, and they want me to fix the problem. And, and I tell them, I'm not there. I'm not there to fix the problem. I'm there to teach you and help you learn how to fix the problem. I'm only there for three days, and there's very little I can do in three days' time. So it's my goal when I leave that you're better and that you can continue. You can go home. You can continue getting better. And I feel like this participant really worked hard at it. And um, hopefully, with some time, she'll, she'll kind of fix this problem up. You know, on the last day, she, she led the mule. 
back to the corral on her own. And then of course, the next day, she went home, loaded up and went home by herself without help. And I think that's just fantastic. You know, it started out the session, she came in there with some gimmicks. And often I see with these bolting mules, people will bring chains, they'll bring nose pinchers, these nose crushers, um, all sorts of just dumb stuff. And, and I understand, and I don't, I don't judge them. I'm not judging you guys for doing that. I'm there to help you be better. And I know from my experience that brace creates brace. So you can't fix this bolting mule by making it hurt more, regardless of what you'll find on Facebook or whatever. And you might be able to control it. I'm not arguing with that. You might be able to put your gimmicks on and control that animal, meaning it doesn't get away from you. But you're not fixing the problem. You're just, you're just covering it up and ignoring it and hoping you survive. And the other thing with with that kind of stuff is you've heard me talk about it before in previous podcasts and, and anybody that comes to a clinic hears me talk about this but you need to work with with the long game in mind think long term think way down the road so you're if you're interested in making a bridal meal which I Assume if you're listening to my podcast, you, you want to bring out the best in your meal because that's the type of people that I like to be around is somebody that wants to bring out the best in themselves and their meals. If, if that's you, why these gimmicks and these stupid gadgets, and believe me, folks, I've been there and I've admitted it in previous podcasts. That's how I know and that's why I do these clinics is so you guys can learn from my experience. Life's too short to learn from experience on your own. Learn from other people's experience, other people's mistakes and successes so that you can be better. Don't, <laughs> don't make your own mistakes. You, you will. You're going to make enough anyways. But, but learn from mine. And I've used those ga gadgets and gimmicks and stupid stuff. And, and I know it doesn't work. I know it doesn't work. And it, and it just shoots yourself in the foot for further advancement, which I'm very interested in. I'm trying to bring out the best in these meals. So you got to think of the long game. You got to think, how do I want this meal to turn out? And everybody comes to clinics and they say, oh, Ty, I want to build softness. I want to build lightness. And I want my meal to do this and that and that and this. But yet they got uh, a nose pincher on their meal. They got a gag bit on their meal. They got, you know, some kind of combination bit on their meal. Where, you know, yeah, they're getting along and, and they can handle that animal. They can pull that meal around. They can pull it to a stop. They can make it back up. I mean they're they're getting things done. I'm not argue, I don't argue with that. But I'm but I I have a hard time now understanding the concept where they want to build this nice softness and this lightness that we're striving for, but yet they're using tools that will hinder that future for them. So, and that's all controversial. You can have a big talk about that, but you know, I felt good. I helped this lady. She took off the gadgets and gimmicks, and she worked, and she taught. See, that's the other key with this stuff is you have, you have to teach. You have to be a good teacher. And if you're a good teacher, 
You'll give them time to find, time to search. And you won't just try to make them. You won't try to hurt them into it. So I think I often explain this at the clinics. If what you're doing is forcing them into into a fixed position, whatever it is, it, it can be a chain, it can be a it can be a nose pincher, it can be a uh, I mean it can be a, a, a martingale running martingale on your reins, it can be a tie down, things like that. If you're if you're trying to force it and not letting them find it, I've changed my ways. I've used all those things. I've I've changed. I'm trying to I'm trying to be a good teacher now. That you know, and my and my tools. My tools that I use are getting less and less. My toolbox, my physical toolbox, meaning the gear I'm using, is is less than it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, if you walked into my tack room, you'll see a, a wide range of bits and tie-downs, and you'd see all sorts of gadgets. Now you see snaffle bits, Hackamores and bridles. That's what we have. So this this was the highlight of the clinic for me. It was helping this this individual and, and there was there's some other participants there. It was nice to have participants um that really wanted to get good. And and there's participants there that had fantastic questions. And I really love when people have questions and they and they want to learn and it's not questions so much as hey how do I do this or how do I do that it's well why why does my mule uh, set up this way or, or how come my you know she's moving this foot first I'm trying to move that foot first or you know I, I I love the deeper questions I love the thoughtful questions you know people asking about how the mule thinks and operates and there's some great questions really good participants um, there was there are some participants that really just made it fun. Um, participants that, you know, I like happy people that smile. And I like it when they just enjoy their time. So it was, it was, it was all good, you know. Um, sometimes I say dumb stuff <laughs> at the clinics. And if you're listening to the podcast, you're like, oh, yeah, Ty, you say lots of dumb stuff. <laughs> but sometimes I say dumb stuff and I offend people and, you know, I, I w- it was my goal to um, <laughs> go go this year without anybody getting, you know, getting offended. I, d- I don't like to offend people, and and I know being offended is a choice. It's your choice to be offended, um, for sure. But uh, still, I don't want to offend you. I'm there to promote kindness and to teach and to help. I'm there to serve you, and I don't want to offend people and. There was a fellow there that I offended, and I'm not going to go into it on this podcast, but it it happens. I, you know, the last clinic of the year in 2020, I offended somebody in Texas, and and she got real mad at me. And 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 first clinic this year, this fellow got mad at me, and and I and I listened to what he had to say, and and I apologized for um, what I said, how I said it. It, it was something that I was completely innocent about. I had no idea that I would offend somebody that way, but I did. And um, I learned from these things. So I, I do appreciate when somebody has a problem with me, telling me so we can talk about it so I can get better. 
I love feedback in my clinic because I want to get better. And as much as I don't like um, getting the talking tos, I, you know, uh, I, I, I enjoy the, I mean, I'm just like you guys. I enjoy the, the praise. I, I love, you know, I love when people after the clinic come up and say thank you and, and, they, and they tell me how good they feel and how good their mule or their horse feels. I love that. But sometimes you got to hear the other stuff too so that you can be better. And that's how come I've, my clinics are the way they are now versus nine years ago. Nine years ago, my clinics are drastically different. And maybe some of you had come to my clinics nine years ago. It's very different. My classes are almost completely different now. It'd be, it'd be totally different. And that's because I, I get feedback and I make it better. And I change, you know, I adjust and I want to be a better teacher, more quality, more quality. That's what I'm after. You know, another highlight of this clinic on a, on a, on a nice note it was uh, I actually, the first day I used a Julia's mule, she wasn't feeling very well, Julia. And so I used her mule for the, for the riding class, mulemanship one. And, uh, her meal's name is Little Bit, and Little Bit was a little bit sassy. <laughs> she was, she was a little sassy, and so I just kind of worked with her. And I thought, oh, geez, I need to get this meal a little better for Julia. Julia had had hip surgery previous, and and so she hadn't been riding a whole lot. So I helped Little Bit, and that was fun. But the second and third day, I got to ride a, a horse, and me and Sky were talking. We realized that this was the first time that I'd ever rode a horse for a demo in a clinic. I always just have my own mules. You know, obviously, since we flew to Florida, I, I wasn't able to bring my own critters. So I was just kind of at their mercy, whatever. You know, I, I would have just done it on the ground. I didn't need, I don't need to ride. I can explain and, and show on the ground. But it, it's nice for me to be able to sit on something, <laughs> no doubt. So I hauled my saddle out there and everything and and uh, got to use this horse. This horse, his name was Scout. And just a really, really gentle horse. Uh, a fantastic disposition, and I was telling this guy, it's too bad this horse isn't a mare. Get, they could get a, a nice, a very gentle mule out of this this horse if it was a mare, but he's just nice gilding. And You know, the scout, um, years before, uh, apparently they were out hog hunting, and this mule got ripped up by a hog, or this, excuse me, this horse. See, I'm not used to saying horse. Um, this horse got ripped up. Uh, in his hawks and in his back legs um, by a hog and so he was a little bit a little bit I don't know I don't know if I call him crippled but he walked kind of funny he had a funny way of walking he didn't have full range of motion for sure you know but this horse had a lot of heart and as I got on him the first time there and and was playing around with him you you know he he, it was obvious he, he didn't know a whole lot of the things that I do which is totally okay. He he wasn't aware, but he was gentle, and that's whenever I have a demo animal, they don't have to be like, um, you know, a finished bridle horse or bridle mule. I don't need that, but they need to be gentle enough so that I'm not, you know, I don't go to the clinics to to put de- demonstrations on of me training a horse or a mule. I go there basically just to to show people what they need to do. And so I, I get little moments of time where I show, okay, this is how you move the front. This is how you move the hinds. This is, you know, how we work on the, this and this and this. 
and I'm not there to have them watch me. I'm there to help them with their animals. So I need something gentle. I need something that I don't have to sit in school on the whole time. If I'm sitting there having to be on my toes the whole time, that's not a fitting demo animal, you know, because I need to be paying attention to you, not not my animal as much. I mean, I'm always paying attention to mine, but you understand what I'm saying. This horse was great for that. And he was smart, and he learned. You know, the little moments of, of examples that I was sharing with the people, he, he picked things up pretty good. And so I'm very grateful to uh, Margarita, is her name, there in Florida, and, and of course Julia for hauling it, uh, for letting me use Scout. He's a good horse, so thank you. So it was a good clinic. It was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Sky and I uh, stayed in a rough hotel. I'm always looking for discounts. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to save money, especially uh, you know these clinics are expensive. You know the the arenas are really expensive. The the insurance is expensive, and so I'm always I'm always looking for a discount. And I got us a discount room for sure. And oh, it was. It was not good. I, I don't recommend staying where we stayed. I'm not going to say it on the podcast. But it, it was, yeah, I, I wish we would have been able to stay at the at the fairgrounds. And, you know, in fact, Julia, she had an RV there for us to just hang out in. And looking back, Sky and I are like, yeah, we should have just went and stayed in the RV. But, you know, it was it was fun. And it was fun for Sky and I to go. You know, the girls stayed home with Grandma and Grandpa. And, and it was just Sky and I. It was kind of a nice little little getaway and and uh the last day of the clinic when it when it got over and we cleaned up everything got things put away julia took us down to the beach it was the first time sky and i sky and i have ever saw the atlantic ocean and so that was neat that was fun so we got to do that and uh anyways the clinic was great so there's a little clinic debrief for you like i said i want to start doing these debriefs after every clinic and I don't know what'll come up. I don't have any script written out here. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I just maybe I'm just rambling too much here, but thank you for taking the time to listen. Um you know, and I hope to see you guys at a clinic. And maybe this will get you excited to come to a clinic um knowing kind of some of the stuff that goes on and and what we work on and what you might need help with and and uh, I I just I love I love my job and I don't I think it's wrong to even call it a job, but I love it, and I love helping you guys, and so I hope to see you there, and I hope to be able to help you someday, however you need it. So thank you for listening. Hey, if it's not too much to ask, and if you have the time, I would really appreciate it if you would uh, leave us a five-star rating and write me a little review. Tell me how you like these podcasts. If you've been to a clinic, leave me a review, even on the podcast. Tell me how you liked your clinic. I'd love to hear from you. You can always email me at ty at tsmeals.com. Ty at tsmeals.com. And uh, if you want more information on clinics and uh, podcasts and our online video library and everything we got going, just jump on our website, tsmeals.com. All right, guys and gals, thank you for listening. God bless you, and we'll see you down the road.